G'day, welcome back to the Pod Pod. It's a Wednesday edition this week. It's your boy Buzz Dossier here with Holmesy, and I'm also here with our special guest, Harmy. Uh, no Louis or Stater on the show this week. Harmy, great to have you back on the show, mate. How are you going? Thanks, Cockroach. Yep, glad to be here. I'm not going too bad. Good, mate. Are you roaching a bit yourself this year? How, how's the season been going? We haven't caught up with you for a while. Well, I've sort of been floating in and out. I think the highest I've been was about 6.30, but I've sort of been floating between there and about 1,500 for a, for a, about two months now. Beautiful. We'll, we'll find out a bit more about your round this week and, and where you're sitting now. But, uh, Holmesy, how are you, mate? Oh, you've, you've called me up late into the show. I'm crook as a dog, but you've forced me out of the couch onto the mic last minute because you said you were going to shit talk me if I didn't. Yeah, well, to be honest, mate, I just really didn't want to host, so I just- had to get you in here and, mate, it's good to see you. you can't call yourself a roach and then not roach. So, here we are. Have a crack and see how you go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. Um, and we're going to try and get through a big Q&A sesh on this one just to, to get through a lot of questions. And we've also got some targets for you coming up as well. Um, yeah, Stato and Louie are away this week, so that's why they can't be here. Um but let's we, we've by popular back by popular demand we've got our nailed it failed it's back straight away, um, so we'll have to get into that in a minute. I don't have an update on the Pod Pod challenge. I might get to that later, but that's Stato's domain. So maybe we just give it a rest for a week and, and come back to it when the great man's back. But Harmy, do you want to as our guest? Do you want to kick us off? Um, you've got your nailed it failed it, and maybe a bit about your week, your trades, and that sort of thing from last week. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I didn't have a very good round, actually. I think that this was probably my, my weakest of the three um, buy rounds. Well, I say that because I didn't get a very good score. Um, so my score for the round was 1,400 – oh, sorry, 1,682, Ooh. which is which is um, quite low. Hey. I think last week I was about 250th for the round, so I had a really good week sort of last week, but then I dropped away again this week. Um, I nailed it. Well, I sort of stuck with um, – I stuck with the two down, one up um, in my trades. Sorry, well, what did I have? Three down and two, two, and anyway, one upgrade. And the upgrade that I brought in was um, Lockie Whitfield, which is nice. uh, quite handy for the 130 points that he brought in. And I also brought in um, Ware from GWS too. I sort of think that those two coming in against North Melbourne were going to score quite well, and they did, so I was happy with that. Um, and failed it. Well, geez, I, cop- I did cop a few injuries. I had Zorko and Butters and Gorn, that sort of thing. But my fail was probably just missing um, Justin Clark in that first game. I sort of got a bit busy at work for a couple of days and missed him. But um, uh, well done to those that got him. Yeah, it's always frustrating when a rookie, a high-priced rookie like that as well, um, does well because then it's it's all it's always a bit harder paying up a little bit more to get him. Do you think it's still still worth jumping on uh, Judson Clark? I feel like there may be better players um, at Richmond than him um, in that role, so I don't think he's got much uh, longevity in the team. So, oh, look, if that if that's if, – if we don't get any other rookies named and, you know, that sort of suits your buy structure and you're not relying on him being on the field after um, this round, then, yeah, that'd be okay. 
Yeah, fair enough. All right, Holmesy, how was your round, mate? Jeez, we've we've got another guest on the show that hasn't had their greatest round, but uh, how did you go uh, this week, though, Holmesy? Yeah, look, unfortunately for myself, it was around what could have been, and unfortunately, I only really have myself to blame. So, seventeen eighty one, which was probably a little bit above par, which is not not shocking by any means. I think I managed to still go up about twenty five ranks into. 446 so that's positive in a way and that's off the back of my two nailed it's which Andy Brayshaw and Clayton Oliver um, 141 and 146 I think just absolutely unbelievable mm. and and keeping me in in the hunt but unfortunately that brings it to my failed it which I'm just gonna have to give it to myself unfortunately and the round of overthinking overthinking too much so a little bit of backstory uh, I had the VC on Andy Brayshaw and the captaincy on Clary Oliver for the entire week. And then leading up to the Hawth- uh, the Frio Hawthorne game, just overthinking things a little bit, um, took the VC off Brayshaw thinking that if he does go big, that there's a Nash tag coming just like they did to Lockie Neal a few weeks back. And I thought Josh Kelly was a safe option. North hadn't been tagging all year and, and he has massive history against them. And we saw what all the GWS players did. So I, that was going to be a safe VC option for me and Brayshaw then goes and does a 141 and Josh Kelly gets tagged to an inch of his life and only puts up a 95, which uh, clearly wasn't a good enough VC option, which left uh, the Melbourne boys on uh, on the Monday and after toing and froing between Clary and Gorn, I ended up throwing the captaincy on Gorn thinking that he was in for a monster against Collingwood. Oof. So 90 points left on the table, which would have set me up very well leading into the last buy round, but... I still can't be too unhappy, still moving up the ranks and still being in the top 500. Hey, Holmesy, do you reckon that other teams will look at that Josh Kelly tag and and um, think that might be a good way to, you know, slow slow them down a bit? Potentially, yes. But, I mean, you look, Cogs had 30 and kicked, what, three? Um, you had Tanner Bruin go off in there as well in early days and it was only against North, so... Potentially, yes, but I've been saying all year that teams need to go to Lockie Neal more. They need to go to Brayshaw more. Um, we've seen it clarry a few times and, and teams just seem to back in their system um, generally more over over a tagger, which is why I was just absolutely gobsmacked that they kept Kane Turner of all people on him for the entire game. Well, I could understand if oh, they if they had a Jason Horn Francis run with him for the game to educate the kid or... Tom Powell or, or someone like that or or releasing the tag after half time to try and win the game, but they were never in the game after well, the first quarter and the fact they kept that hard tag is just just North Melbourne, they're they're a joke. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it was, it's not good there. <laughs> I had the pure captaincy on him as well and it was tough to watch. And they they did a half time interview with David Noble. I think you might have missed that one, Kyle. You were asking like, are they keeping with the tag? They actually asked him at half time. It's like, oh, what do you think of the tag? And, you know, how's it going? And he's like, Yeah, no, we'll stick with that. And and I was just immediately like, Oh, this is not gonna be a good day. Um he did manage to <laughs> he, he actually managed to fight home strong and it's so weird sometimes it's like they don't pay any freeze for off the ball stuff sometimes with those tags. It's going to be interesting if they ever do police that because, you know, there's so much holding and stuff going on in those roles that, you know, why why not use it when you can because um, they're not calling them. Um, all right. I'll get on to my round. So, I scored 17.57 and the Roach moved up. 
1,400 spots, 9,795 into 8,332. Um, buzz dossier, looking ahead, as always, his trades um, were terrible uh, this week, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, definitely not light years ahead this week. I brought in uh, Kelly, as mentioned before. So that was for Bailey Smith, who was out and seems to be out for a while now. Brought in Josh Kelly. I'm really hoping that um, Harmy, that tag, does not come to fruition week to week. Um, I brought in Caleb Marchbank, who, recent news, uh, this was for uh, Paddy McCartan. So, recent news that Marchbank's now out for a couple of months after being out for, what was it, like a thousand days before that. So, all the best to him. Really shocking for me to get that trade. And I was telling you boys pre-show, I was so up and about, and I'm sure a few coaches were, 22 in the first quarter, 35 at halftime. You look like you're laughing. He actually was looking, he was getting that cheap pill like I kind of imagined him to do um, and then didn't get a touch after half time. So zero point second half and now he's um, in for surgery and out for a long time. So that was great trade by me. Um, Peatling though came in, kicked another three goals. I was uh, That was where Buzz was in full effect, lads. So another good score from him, but I missed the other GWS player, which would have really been... Uh, buzzing uh, for that sugar hit that Stato always talks about with a guy that we'll be talking about a couple of times in this podcast, no doubt, who went absolutely off. My nailed it. I'm going a bit different because uh, you know you know this when we were talking uh, in our group chat, Holmesy, I was really frustrated with the, uh, the Melbourne game on the weekend, hoping for some huge scores. Obviously, we had Gorn not going great. I had Petrarca not living up to it again. But Gus Brayshaw was doing not well at all. I chucked the rocket in the group chat and he had a 69.3rd quarter. Yeah, that's and nice. That has got to be the best. Nice. That, that's got to be the best rocket I've ever thrown though. Like he was just, that was the one of the best quarters I've ever seen. Like that was unreal. So shout out to Gussie. That was my nailed it. My failed it though was finding out that he was also in Stato's team. He stole my boy Gus. Um, <laughs> Stato's had him and Stato had a ripping round. I think he got in the 1800s and that just doesn't make my weekend nice. You know, I was really upset after that, finding out Stato had a good week. So that's my failed it. All right, lads, um, let's get on to the hot topics. And you already mentioned him. He had a poor game um, as... Was he your captain? Uh yeah, you said Gorn was your captain this week, Holmesy. Um, we talked about him. He is injured, though, so a lot of the podcast would have already been recorded this week. We're lucky to be going on the Wednesday just due to circumstance. But, Holmesy, do you want to maybe take it away? It's obviously time to think about trading Gorney. Three to five weeks. Yeah, I mean, first off, I just want to give a shout-out to the big man. I still love him, and the fact that he's had the syndesmosis injury, it's come out and he still battled away to to play the second half and, and get to 67. Couldn't have asked for any more from the big fella from that information. But yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, they're, they're reporting that it's, there's not real accurate information at the moment. Some reports are saying that it's four to eight weeks. Some are saying that it's only three to five games, uh, three to five weeks. Some are saying three to five games after the bye, but Either way you look at it in AFL Fantasy, unfortunately, it's a trade. So, it's going to be very interesting this week um, who, who to go to. I know, so Harmy, you've you've already got a Tim English and a Darcy Cameron. So, what are you looking to do with Max Gorn this week if, you know, to help the coaches out there that might already have those two Ruckman and, and are not sure where to go? Yeah, I think, I think you're going to have to trade. Um, 
It was interesting, though. I watched the interview as he was walking to the hospital and I sort of said, oh, yep, you know, how are you feeling? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, but I'm in a moon boot and I'm going in for scan, so it's not real good. So it's a bit hard to know how long he's going to pee out for, but, um, yeah, you're going to have to trade, particularly the teams that are competing. I mean, you're not going to hold um, him if he's um, – even if it's three weeks, you're still going to trade him. So, yeah, I've, I've got um, – I traded in Tim English a couple of weeks ago when Bruce uh, was murmuring that he wasn't coming back in a hurry. So I've got English there. I've got Darcy Cameron in my forward line. So um, I'll be trading at Gorn, move um, Cameron into my uh, ruck, and then I'll bring in a a um, big forward. I expect um, it's a bit difficult because I didn't. It's not exactly what I wanted to do, but. Um, you just got to roll with it. I feel like this week I'm going to have a couple of sideways trades because I've got Dane Zorko as well, which isn't really what I wanted to do. I've still got um, guys on my bench that I wanted to cash out, cash them out, and then um, you know do upgrades. But I'll have a couple of sideways trades by the sounds of it. What's What's the plan from your perspective, Holmesy? Like, if you've got any choice of of Ruckman at all, like just imagine you just start from like what are your options if if you don't have any of those names or like. You know, what's the hierarchy of who you think we should be getting first and foremost as a replacement? Yeah, I suppose it's a real tricky round because, you know, you've got a Sean Darcy, for example, who, yes, hasn't been setting the world on fire, but I still peg him to to be close to the top two rucks in the back half of the year. Uh, but he's on his buy, so it's not an option for you to trade him in this week. Whether you, whether you hold Gorn this week and upgrade around him to still get your as many players on the field as you can for this buy round and then you look to trade him next week, that that could be a play, I guess, because that way you've you've then got access to every single Ruckman in the comp and you can make an informed decision. I'm I'm personally looking at a Tim English, but I that that comes with risk as well because he's pretty over well, not overpriced, but he's probably fairly priced. I think he's priced at one oh seven and it's a pretty big ask for a Ruckman to go at one oh seven for the rest of the year. But He's clearly going to be a, a top two ruck, if not a, you know, a top six forward. So he's probably the option to go. But the reason I wouldn't do that is if you're having to use all of your cash to do that and then you don't have enough to upgrade next week to get a rookie off, then it, it becomes a bit tricky. You've got wits and wits. Oh, just, sorry, just, honey. Yep. Just just on that. Yeah, just on the English thing. I, um, I don't like paying full price for people. And I reckon the English is at the sort of higher end of – you know, what he's worth, you're paying, as you said, 107 points for him. But the risk of that is sort of a bit lower this time of year because you're chasing value in the early stages of the season, you're pushing hard. Now, if you start to bring in some of these guys that are you're paying a bit more for, I think that the risk is lower. So, um, you know, I, I think that you're going to have to start paying more for these guys because you want the top, you know, you, the best 22 players in your team for the last um, five, ten rounds. Yep, you've absolutely nailed that. And I suppose the other good thing about English is his forward eligibility as well. So if you bring him into the ruck line and then say in a week or two, if you're upgrading a, a Zach Butters or a Will Brody or someone else around, then you can swing him forward and you're not having to sideways trade in the ruck, which I which I like as well. If you think, you know, if Max comes back and he looks like he's a must-have or, or you do end up liking a Sean Darcy. The other options, I suppose, you have Riley O'Brien and Jared Witts, who are the the sort of tier below. I wouldn't really advocate bringing either of those in, considering that they are versing each other uh, this week. But um, you know, 
you look you look at all the options. The other the other one I suppose is if you're like you, Harmy, and you've you've already got English and you've got Cameron maybe in your ruck line already and and you're not sure really what to do and you don't want to go to a ruckman, maybe you throw that position and you go Gorn all the way down to a Bryn Tickle who's going to be sitting at your R3 after the buys and then you use that cash elsewhere to upgrade. Um, that's sort of a, a break glass for emergency situation, but you might have your hands tied if you already have the the players that everyone will look to bring in this week. What, what, do, you, what do you reckon about if um, Spike McVeigh comes out tomorrow and says, Bruce is our man for the rest of the season, he's a great player, he was just a bit crook, would you consider that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, to be honest, it's and it's really ironic because I've probably been price. one of the only coaches mm. in – in the in Australia, other than Doss, that hasn't owned Proust for the whole season, but I probably would look at it. He just comes with so much risk. Like we've mentioned on previous pods, he's yeah. never played more than five games in a row, so he might do it, he might not. Um, but you just never know. But I do like the brand of footy that GWS are playing at the moment, so he'll definitely be an option if if he is named. And Flynn looked to struggle too that last game. Yeah, he, he really did in that game. Um, I guess the other thing is like just, yeah, it's it's become more urgent as well that we probably don't look like we're going to have that heartbeat of Sam Hayes playing the ruck given the coach's comments as well. Um, we've just thrown that around. I think it came out. Who, who was it that came out and said that? I think you linked that to us, Holmesy. Like one of the coaches said that they really liked how Jeremy Finlayson, what he provided in the ruck for them. I think he had 21 touches or what do you have, like 15 touches or something around the ground, so... It's one of the assistants. Yeah, the yeah. assistant just came out and basically said that they like the structure of that better and and they essentially aren't going to be going with Hazy anymore, which is very – like I don't know why they didn't come out last week and just say that straight up. They kind of fluffed around with the illness rumour and, and this and that when he's just been dropped. So it is what it is. He's just money to cash out at some point. Now, our next hot topic is to do with um, buy round advice. We don't have the Stato, the fossil on here for this one, who is our buy round expert. We're obviously wishing him all the very worst in his last buy next week. But Kyle, um, you had you had a question you wanted to pose to Harmy here um, for the last round of the buys. Yeah, like I just wanted uh, to get Harmy's advice a little bit on on how to sort of attack this last last buy round because it can be very easy to to go sideways this round and and to really use DPP to, to fling your your players all around the field and and it looks good and you, you get a good score and, and you get a lot of players on field this week. But then by the time you get back to round 15, when all of a sudden you have your full team on the field and you realise you've you've put players in the wrong position and you've got seven forwards instead of six and and it can it can get quite messy. So I just, you know, wanted to get some advice from from Harmy on how he plans to attack this by and and just, yeah, really help the listeners and not screwing up their teams like I have in the past and like I'm sure many people have. Yeah. Um, look, the aim through the buys is, is obviously to finish um, all those buy rounds with a better team than when you went into it, and that's where I said my nailed it was um, sticking with the um, the method of getting rid of the rookies that you've had that you've been carrying a bit of cash for. Um, cashing them out and putting them on your mid prices or your underperforming premiums to get to the top end guys. So that and that still is um, the case. You should be trying to improve your side each week. I'll give you an example. This week um, I was keen to um, get rid of Kadeem Carmen and get him up to a, t- a top flight defender, but 
um, now with Zorko and Gorn out, I'm probably going to have to go a bit sideways, which is a bit disappointing. I'd say, yeah, you've got to have a clear idea of what um, your team is going to look like after next week. And also don't rely on um, having two trades to do your final patch-up next week because um, there may be another injury. It might be two more injuries next week and um, you can't sort of rely on that. So, yeah, I mean, ideally, you're still going with your upgrades and you're going to finish with a completed team at the end of the buy rounds where you don't have any rookies on field. And I say that, and I got rid of Nick Dacos uh, some time ago, but you'd be probably pretty happy if he was your last rookie and you could just hold him. Yep, absolutely spot on. I, I suppose the biggest advice we could give would would be make your three trades this week and then actually put your players on the your rookies on the bench that will be there in round 15 and, and just have a look at how your team structures up just so you know how it's going to look for the next week and and make sure that everyone's in the right position and, and you're not going to be in any trouble out of the buys. But you are right. It's, it is it is probably the week that we're going to go sideways a little bit just to really make sure we've got more than 18 on the field and, and whatnot. But just make sure that by going sideways, you're not going to burn all of your cash and you've still got some there to to fix up what you need to next week because you're right, if you're, if you're banking on getting that rookie off and, and you get a few injuries and you've got no cash to deal with, then you might be in a little bit of strife. All right, it's time to get to uh, Kays has done another edition of a Rookie Roulette. Welcome back to a special buy edition of Rookie Roulette. Let's look at four different players this week who could make an instant impact come round 14. First up, it looks like a likely AFL debut for Massimo D'Ambrosio after his 33 disposal outing for the Bombers on Saturday. The classy ball user is exactly what the Bombers need at AFL level and he showed he is a natural at fantasy, accumulating 101 points on the weekend. Massimo averaged 96 points in his four NAB League games this season and to me, looks like an absolute moral to play on Friday night. There's strong rumours circulating that Chera out, Will Hayes in this weekend. The former dog has been on fire in the VFL for Carlton this season and scored 93 on the weekend. Hayes had plenty of the footy, collecting 24 touches and looks ready to make his second chance count at AFL level. Third up, Port's new ruck forward Bryn Teagle put up 77 points on Saturday and looked very, very dangerous kicking three goals. The big man chopped out Sam Hayes in the ruck and had 10 hitouts of his own as well as 13 disposals. The Port hierarchy have already come out this week and said that Tika will play at some stage this year, but will it be this week? That's the big question. And lastly, Caleb Marchbank confirmed as an out this week. Does that mean it's an AFL recall for Sam Durden? He had 57 points in the VFL on the weekend, 14 touches and 6 marks. He looks like an absolute light-for-light replacement down back for Marchbank. He's going to be one who looks to be playing this week too. There's four guys to get in your side this week. I've been Kays, and this is Rookie Roulette. And lads, if we do get some Massimo D'Ambrosio this week, Harmy, plenty of interest there for that 190k defender, went off in the in the VFL this week. Be nice, wouldn't it? Isn't it funny? The Bombers um, 
They brought him in saying, oh, he's got a shoulder injury and he might not play for the next six weeks. Comes out and brains it in the VFL. How awesome is that? Uh, as a Bombers fan, I love it. Um, as, a, as a fantasy coach who's got a full back line and just brought in two rookie backs, it's probably not as appealing. <laughs> got that utility spot, <laughs> mate. You have to make it work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just, just on that, Harmy, then, if, if he is named, and obviously we're talking about hypotheticals, are you picking him or are you picking Sam Durden, who is now confirmed to be in? Well, if you if you got confirmation that he's coming in, he's probably that um, attacking uh, back flanker rather than Durden being a, more of a key post. So you'd probably prefer um, the Bombers, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, Massimo D'Ambrosio. But he's still, he's still only hundred ninety thousand, isn't he? So you could yeah. even give it a week and have a look at it if you don't, you know, need that downgrade option this week. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get in some questions soon. I reckon we shoot through some some targets for this week. Kyle, you've got um, Adelaide, Geelong for us, and Gold Coast. Do you want to just go through quickly these targets that you've got in line for us um, this week? The best options out of these players coming off their buy. Yep. So we'll start with Adelaide and we're looking pretty much in the midfield here. So we've got Rory Laird coming off his buy. So priced at 113 and I think he's the second most expensive player in the game, which makes it hard to pay up for. But Harmy's right at this time of the year, you're trying to get the best players. So he could be anything in the back half of the season. He's as consistent as they come and he's the number one man in there. And I would not be surprised if he's a, a top two or three averaging player from here on out. So I'm, I'm more than happy to pay up for Rory Laird, especially with the the run that Adelaide have coming. Ben Keys, so probably not too much of an option anymore, but he did start the year going at 130 for the first four rounds, I think. And it coincided with Rory Laird being out with that injury. So I'm not sure he's going to be that top eight mid that we need him to be, but I think there's worse options out there. And if you do see over the next couple of weeks that he starts to put together some more of those ceiling scores, he could be an option on the run home. The other two that we have here, I'm just going to throw in there is Crouch and Hately. Now, they're not options priced at 83 and 77, but um, they could be worse if you know that's all you can get up to on that final upgrade to get the rookies off the field. We know what Crouch has done in the past and and Hately's, he's been going well, but I think the last game he he was on 83 at three quarter time and then didn't score in the last quarter because he um, he got pretty much essentially knocked out and he's he's not in the CBAs he was out he was on the wing which we know the wing role can be up and down and for that reason I personally wouldn't be targeting him targeting him this week but I just thought I'd throw it up there just um, as he's been a bit of a flavour of the month for fantasy coaches Harmy do you have any thoughts on those players? I'll tell you, just with um, Haitley, I don't reckon it's the worst. If that's all you could get to um, and he's going to end up being the last, you know, your um, M8 and he's your worst player on the field, for the next couple of games, as you say, they've got a great run coming up. Um, if that's all you could get to, then I wouldn't be um, that against bringing him in. You could be considered. Yep, fair enough. Moving on, so Geelong. Now, I've got three names here. So the first one's Tom Stewart. He's priced at 106 and I don't think he's going to go at 106 for the rest of the year, but all it's going to take is one ceiling game like we've seen him put up this year and and he could he could do that. So playing the Eagles this week, you would think that that's a sugar hit, but we've also seen defenders against the Eagles put up some low scores considering the ball doesn't um, go down there as much. So you never know, but he's a great option and I think relatively unique in the, the top 1,000. In the forward line, we have Mitch Duncan. Now... 
Uh, I've had Mitch Duncan for a fair, fair chunk of the season and he's been very underwhelming to say the least, but off the back of 115 and you think now that he's had the, the buy and the break that he should come back refreshed and ready to go. So if he can if he can put up any sort of form like we know he has in the past, then he could be he could potentially be the number one forward on the run home. We just don't know, but there's a lot more risk attached with Mitch Duncan this season uh, considering role and age. So just buyer beware. And the last name I want to throw up. Bit- just on that one, yep. 735000 he is, Duncan. Yeah. That's so cheap. I mean, they're heading, they're heading to Perth, um, plenty of space at Optus uh, for a guy that likes, you know, running into space and getting those mark kicks. Um, I reckon he's... As, well, I'm, I think I've had him as long as you, Holmesy, but um, it's been a bit of a, a, a struggle to have him, but I reckon he's a good trading option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to highlight that it, there's a little bit more risk attached to it this season, uh, but they do have the last five games of the season at at home at GMHBA, which which means they have an awesome run. What I, what I don't kind of like, though, is the fact that they have Eagles in round 23, and if they're going into finals and Eagles are nowhere... Um, that could be a, a Ross Lyon type situation where they just rest a whole bunch of players to to get ready for finals, even though they have the buy around. So just buy beware there. But yeah, he like you said, he, he is a good option. The last one in the midfield, so Cam Guthrie, priced at 99. Now he's come back to form. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but he he was a bit slow to start with Geelong and their new game plan and, and him building. But I think he's off the back of three tons now and he, he's got himself over 800K. So priced at 99. Still no danger field. He is a serious option in the midfield if he can if he can go back to what he was doing last year where he was that sort of 108 guy priced at 99. He he's a chance to put up some numbers close to the top eight and and be at a bit of a discount. Doss, what do, what do you think? I think those three options are awesome. I think Guthrie's the fun one if your team's probably in, you know, a bit more going a bit more of that pod route. He's probably a the perfect kind of guy to take a punt on, especially what. So you said they're playing West Coast this week, and then they've got him in round twenty three as well. Yeah, and I think they've got North somewhere there along the line as well. And Jeepers. and like I said, they haven't played many games at GMHBA, which means they've got them all mm. on the back half. So he could and be then, anything. Um, and then for the other two, I think yeah, they're Duncan, as you said, risky, but he he's also tempting me. And then Stewart has seemed to be incredibly consistent this year. So, not nice targets, mate. Who have you got for Gold Coast? Beautiful. Now, Gold Coast. I'm I'm not going to spend too much time here. Took Miller's the obvious one. Uh, down 130k on his starting price. Uh, priced at an average of 108, and we know what Took Miller can do. Um, back half of the season last year, I think he went at about 127, which is absolutely unreal. And and you would think this season being a little bit different, Gold Coast sort of charging and hopefully playing finals for the first time that that he's going to be the, the mainstay in there and, and the big body in the midfield. So I personally would have loved to have get up to would have loved to have got up to Took Miller this week, especially against Adelaide. And I think he's a prime target ready to go. I'll throw one more name in there just because I know you love him, Doss, as a bit of a Maddie, but Noah Anderson, so priced at 93. I'd Personally, I don't think he's going to go over 100 and be that top eight sort of mid that we need him to. But he, like you said, a bit of a maddie, a bit of a fun option. You, you never know. He does seem to to get a lot of ball in there and he has his ceiling games, but he also has his floor games. So if, if you can get rid of those, you just never know. But yeah, those are my Gold Coast options. I'm just interested as well because um, we haven't obviously seen 
who what, or what their new kind of wing rotation is going to look like without Lockie Weller. So I'd maybe just monitor, yeah, what happens this week because we might just have an out-of-the-box kind of player that comes in or, or like a rotation where Brandon Ellis goes back to mm-hmm. a flank or, you know, something happens where things change and we actually have the next role change equivalent to a, you know, potentially one of the Darcy Cameron picks that's just the next kind of thing. So I just keep an eye out on who takes that well uphill. Brandon Ellis is an interesting one because he's um, down a bit on his starting price. He, he had um, he had 100 couple of weeks ago and then but his last game was only about a mid 60s or something if he hit another 100 I reckon a lot of people would be looking at him because it would have been 200s in a row at a pretty cheap price and you can get him as a back but I reckon he's the one who'll probably go to the wing there Doss yeah and that's and remember how good he was I reckon for the first half of last year he was like the ultimate pod as well he started out ripping form last year averaging like 110 i reckon for quite a while there so he's a guy that can rack up when he's on the pill so uh, when when he's around the pill up on that wing so yeah i'd um i'd be tempted by whoever gets that role and yeah that's probably a good shout yep beautiful all right harmy roll us through our our other three teams well i'll start with the heavy hitters the west coast um Dossie, you probably could have helped me out with this one because I struggled a bit, surprisingly. Uh, but, <laughs> look, I think that Luke Shuey, um, he could be a bit of a shout there. Priced at six ninety six, he's he's um, he's pretty cheap, really. He cut, he hit, I think he hit 112 before the buy there, so he should be all right. Um, but, I don't know, we, as we spoke earlier, we really want to be targeting those top-end players and um, I don't think he's going to score as well as um, those guys. He's not going to be a 110 guy, so he never has been. Um, Rhett Bazo on the horizon. I mean, I guess through this period we want to be looking at downgrades and then cashing out that money and putting it on um, and spending up, getting those upgrades. And for a guy that's a defender forward, 218, he could be a look. If he comes in, I reckon he's, um, he's worth a look anyway. Uh, depending on whether we get any other good rookies named. Uh, I'll move on to Sydney. Just on that, um, sorry, just, i got one name for you. Is Alex Witherden ever going to be an option or you just you put a line through him now after a few or a couple of you know floor games? It's funny. I had a look at him. I just reckon I, I always feel with him that his position in the team is sort of under question. Um, his disposal efficiency isn't sort of where it needs to be. Um, which is kind of the knock that he gets. So, look, uh, I, I just don't think you could bring him in. Um, I think there's quite a few good options down back at the moment and I don't think we'd really need to take the risk. I, I think um, the thing that I'll be looking for for that, Holmesy, would be do West Coast for the for this back half of the year, what's their goal? Because if their goal is to continue to do what they're doing now, which is looking like to me, get that number one pick, um, play the kids and get that number one pick, then I'd be totally looking at with it and as an awesome option in that sort of similar vein to we saw, you know, Aaron Hall last year, obviously different types of players, but someone that just racks up in the back half um, with it and is that type of guy for sure. So I'd be very keen if that's their goal. But if their goal is to come back and, you know, show the fans some some love and, and get a few wins or something at in the back half of the year and they start playing Shuey, yo, everyone comes back in and they try and get a couple of wins, um, perhaps it's not as fantasy friendly for Witherden in the back half. Yep. So, Harmy, all I got from that was Doss thinks Witherden could be an option, which means he's not an option. So, we'll move on. Sweet. 
Yep. <laughs> That's yeah, okay, right. mate. Um, look, Sydney, um, this is what we do when we, uh, we we call out who the best players in the game are. We go straight to the top, 959,000 Callum Mills. Um, pretty pretty hefty price tag to pay for a full-back, but I've loved having him in my team. I had him since about round three, and um, he's put out some monster scores. Um, so, look, depending on um, where your team sits, um, he is an option, probably not the number one Um Midfielder target that I'd I'd be chasing, but um, he's great. He's a great player, and if you don't have him, I think you'd be cringing uh, when you watch Sydney play. Uh, one that I reckon is is going to be pretty close, if not in the um, top six forwards, and that's Luke Parker. With those forwards, I mean, I I really like the guys that are playing in the midfield. And I think Parker had about two or three rounds early on where he was sitting forward quite a lot of the time, but in the last um, probably six weeks. He's been in that midfield rotation and and looking every bit um, a midfielder and a top end one at that. Um, he's he's still actually just under um, his starting price for the year, so it's not as if he's you're paying a, a too much for him. I don't think at this point. One at Sydney that I wouldn't look at though, which may be tempting to some people, is Jake Lloyd. Um, just watching them play the last few games, um, I mean he's he's down on what his starting price was, but there's just too much competition and he's not the guy taking um, the kick-ins. Nick, Nick Blakey seems to be taking a fair chunk of them and um, and doing a pretty good job of it. Um, so I don't think that um, you could be chasing him at this point in time, not unless he comes out and hits sort of two or three hundred and tens and then I've got to eat my words, but I don't think he's an option. Yeah, he's, Move he's on. lost that Any role. For sure. there, guys. You agree with that, Holmesy? Yeah, absolutely spot on, mate. I love Luke Parker. I've had him in my team for a while, but you're right. He had that time where he spent a bit more time forward and and then Sydney actually lost a lost a game or two and, and they've realised that they probably need to just keep having their best midfield mix. So he's right in there. And, and you're absolutely right. Jake Lloyd's not the Jake Lloyd of old that we know. Nick Blakey's back there. Mills gets back and gets, you know, that kick on the 45 and, and he sort of just doesn't get as much ball. So you're right. You just have to wait. And if he goes back-to-back tons, you can have a look at it. But there's better options back there at the moment. Yeah, I think that Luke Parker got a knock or something early on in the season, about round two, and that's why he was sitting forward a bit, that and Papley being out. So that's a, that's the sort of reason why um, if people are discounted, as in if we think they're good value and that's and we can put it down to something that's occurred rather than just poor form, that kind of helps our argument bringing them in. Now, we'll go to the Bulldogs. So you actually finally gave me a decent team, um, which I was happy about. We spoke about Timmy English a bit earlier. Um, and, oh, look, at 878000 I sort of made a couple of comments that I do think it is quite a, quite a bit to pay. But that said, I paid for it two weeks, two weeks ago and brought him in um, in my ruck line. So I think that he is either going to be a top two ruck or he's going to be a top six forward for you, good versatility. So I think that um, a lot of people that have gone and don't have English will be going that way this week, which um, may be a good reason not to go that way if you're a top coach. But anyway, you'll make those decisions yourself. I'm, I'm not a I top really coach, like Bont. so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Bont um, still. You got to look at it. He's priced at seven hundred ninety-nine thousand, but he's um, he's discounted on his starting price. He's a hundred thousand 
dollars down and he started in a midfielder and we thought he was going to be close to, you know, top 10 midfielder at the start of the year and we can get him as a forward. Um, yeah, I heard there's a couple of uh, comments from the coaching staff about a bit of a shoulder niggle, but, geez, I just think that with Bailey Smith out of that midfield, um, if they can get if they can get a forward line kicking a few goals, Jamara might come in and kick a couple. Um, and he doesn't need to be there as much that he could really have a good um, back half of the year. Yeah, I think uh, Bont, Bont for me last year was one of the best players to own. I think he averaged like 115 for the first half of the year in a much more predominant midfield role. So if he if he that's what I wanted to ask. Like, yeah, do you think Bailey Smith out just means a bit more love for those big dogs in in, in the actual inside mid? I mean, where Bailey Smith more was that forward that ran up into the midfield, but. Um, do you think it kind of changes that? They, like you said, they just bring in a more traditional forward and they sort of go heavier with the with the big dogs in the in the midfield. Bailey Smith's on the wing. He started on the wing most of the time. That's where he was. Um, and running running sort of forward. He played a lot of time on ground too. Bailey Smith is through the roof. I can't remember what the stats are, but it's yeah, massive. So is, yeah. it does mean minutes to somebody. Um, and I don't think it's Lockie Hunter at this point in time. He, he might have to prove himself in the VFL. Uh, for a few weeks and get a bit of fitness back before he comes in. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Holmesy, any ideas? No, I, I just think it'll be, you know, they've been sharing that midfield forward rotation between, you know, six or seven blokes. I think they'll now share it between the six of them and they'll they'll all continue to just keep rotating forward and, and through the midfield. You've had McRae typically throughout the, the years playing that sort of 70, 75, 80% midfield and, He's been down around 60, 65, where a lot of them are. So I think you'll just find that um, they all just bump a little bit. I don't think you'll have someone specifically come in to, to play the role that Bailey Smith was. No, I, I actually thought it might benefit Trelaw a little bit because he still has been playing quite a bit of time up forward. And I thought maybe it may mean um, a bit more time in the midfield rather than forward for him. And he might... Um, you know, he might lock himself in as a top six forward, but I'm not confident enough to go out and limb and say that that's definitely going to happen. But that, that is, you know, that's another option for him. Um, and then the last one uh, that I had for the Bulldogs is another midfielder, and I just thought there's probably still quite a few teams out there that don't have McRae, um, and he's priced at eight eighty, but it's actually uh, ninety thousand dollars down on his starting price, and I reckon. Um, he's a good buy, uh, personally. And, and and I sort of spoke about Callum Mills before at 960000 Well, if you can pick up uh, McRae at 80000 um less, I mean, I can't I can't confidently say that uh, Mills is definitely going to be 10 points better than him over the, um, the rest of the season. So I reckon he's still a pretty good buy, personally. Um, I've got an interesting – it's very small sample size. I've just gone to that website, uh, DFS Australia, for the with-without stats. Um, so, obviously, I think he's only missed two games this year, Bailey Smith. But without Bailey Smith, Trelaw and Dunkley both basically uh, – Trelaw averages 30 points more without Bailey mm. Smith in the side and Dunkley 15 points more. So, just an interesting little stat there, boys. Yeah. Uh, I love all those options, Harmy. McRae, I've had McRae for the for the entire year. I started him and I've absolutely loved owning him over the years. And he has kind of been suffering a little bit of this uh, Bulldogs midfield mix that sh- shares the load a little bit. And 
after watching him closely, he, he doesn't sort of mark as much as he used to. He, they they kind of use others and he hasn't been tackling as much either. And, yeah, you just don't know with him. We've ha- we've seen multiple times. I think um, Selby put up the interesting stat a, f- a few weeks ago that he's never, even though he's been averaging sort of 120 for the year over the last four years, he's never just consistently averaged 120. He's either He's always been a tale of two halves. So he'll either come out hot, average 125, 130, and then the back half he goes 100 or, or vice versa. And you never know. He could be that guy that explodes on the run home. I'm really hoping that he does, especially now that Bulldogs need to actually win games to, to get into finals. I, I think he's a big game player. So I, I do actually love the McRae trade-in if you don't have him. Love it, mate. Um, all right, let's get to some questions now. Oh, Harmy, you got something? Just, just before we do um – Cockroach, I I wasn't on the uh, pod last week, so I never got a crack at the um, round 12ers, but I'll just give you who I think are three really good options this week as well, who we didn't speak about then. So I reckon in the midfield, Zach Merritt is still a good option. I know he only hit 88 last week, but... I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to be 105 from here on, I reckon. So in the midfield, he's somebody I'm looking at. In the forward line, if you foolishly traded out Cogs and you don't have him, at 748000 he is a really good forward. Um, the way that the GWS coaching staff have been talking about him in the last few um, weeks, I think that he's in there for, at least for a good run now. And then um, my man, Lockie Whitfield, in the back line, um, Yes, yes, he's injury prone. Um, yeah, he always finds strange ways to get injured and that sort of stuff. But man, that one thirty, he could do that every week, I reckon, if he wanted to. He just cruises around and he's so fit and quick. He just finds space, all those marks. Um, yeah, I reckon he'd be a great, great option for you down back. So there's three of those round twelve guys you could still be um, chasing this week if you're looking for a target. Well, as a first question to kick us off, I've got one for you, Harmy. Now, if you're if you're a Buzz dossier and you're trying to go to infinity and beyond here for the rest of the season, um, would you look at it bringing in a Tim Taranto to stay light years ahead of the comp here um, straight off the bat if he's named this week, given the fact that we saw Perryman go down with the broken ribs after being heavily involved in their centre bounces under the new coaching system? Um, surely if they're smart coaches, like they seem to be doing a really good job early days, Taranto goes straight back into the coalface and becomes this big mammoth scorer like he's traditionally been in there. I'd probably um, go and grab another Blue Lagoon and kick back and come up with a different option, Dosby, because <laughs> I just don't think you can. I think you've got to see it. He, um, he's he got this back injury. We don't know if that's right yet. Um there's a bit of been of a change in the coaching staff, um, and we don't know if he's going to be that main man through the middle. But I tell you what, I do think he is a good option. I think he's still out of contract, isn't he? So he's going to want to get back and put his best foot forward and show everybody that he um, is worthy of a big dollar contract as well. So um, yeah, he will be a good option for us, but I don't think it's the first game back. Uh, we'll see, mate. To infinity. Um, all right, this one from someone calling themselves Brown Low. <coughs> Excuse me. What do you do with the future Brown Low medal winner, Nick Dacos? I know he's a rookie, but scores of 109 and 114 with five relatively easy matchups to come post by. Holmesy, can we keep running him at D6 and upgrade around him? 
Or do we say thank you for your efforts and see you for holding up Charlie in a few seasons' time? Yeah, this one hurts. I mean, I traded him two weeks ago when it looked like he was starting to have a bit of a lull and he's come out and dropped back-to-back tons. And off the back of that, I think he's gone up 40K to about 640 with a break-even of 40. So the advice that I'm going to give in this situation is that if you've got him sitting at D6, then I would be upgrading elsewhere and and still rolling with him, knowing that his break-even's low and he's still going to make a bit more cash and and he's in form now, especially coming off a buy. But if you are, for some reason, you have him in your midfield line and you don't have him in defence, then I still would be upgrading him to a premium midfielder because that's where you're going to get your points if you can get him up to a you know a top eight type guy. But there's no point really upgrading him in defence as of yet because you know if he's going at 80, 85, which we could probably see him doing in that role, then you might only be getting a five to 10 point upgrade if you're getting to a premium defender that's going to go at 95. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you have him, you hold him in defence. I think um, you give him another couple of weeks. If he's hitting 110 for the next two weeks, well, you're laughing. So, But I wouldn't be trading into him either, put it yep. that way. Uh, unreal junior scorer and just seems to be coming into his own at AFL level now. So, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he does keep going and get that brown low in a couple of years' time. Uh, this one from Lewis. Harmy, is it time to move on Will Brody? Uh, Lewis is also unsure if if it's time to move on Sean Darcy, if he can move Tim English to R2 in his situation. So, first up, Will Brody, then uh, Shawnee Darcy. Well, it depends on who you're going to get to because you have to um, look at it and go, that's that's a clear upgrade. If I could go, if I had no other issues and I could go Will Brody to Bont, say, then I'd probably be pretty happy with that. But if I'm sideways trading Will Brody to, um, oh, I don't have a lot of names written down, but if, you, if, he's, if you're not um, hitting a definite top six midfield uh, forward, then I wouldn't be worrying about it just at the moment. I reckon you're probably going to have bigger issues. I mean, I know I do. Shawnee Das is um, an interesting one because um, at the start of the season, I had him right up there. Um, and if he had hit a couple of hundreds in his last few games, then... Um, I'd probably be feeling a bit more confident, but he's had a couple of down weeks and um, and they, they were difficult matchups and that sort of thing. And I know that um, he uh, he was sort of sick and that sort of thing, but um, geez, you, you, need to, you need to see him come out and hit a couple of decent scores before you're going to bring him in, um, which is probably not great timing for those people that were a bit keen on him with Gorn going out this week. Yeah, right. So, Holmesy, you were going to say he, he was crook. Is that some news that came out? I actually want to get your opinion on Will Brody as well. As a Dockers man, that was the first time we saw Fife involved in that midfield mix and as a clearance player as well. And Brody's been kind of that big dog doing that a lot of that clearance work. Do you think it could affect Brody? Because that's where I'm looking at. His scores kind of haven't been, you know, monster tons recently. It's not like you're losing out on those huge scores at the moment. And then you've got this extra big body to deal with in Fife um, mixed with that low time and ground. Yeah, I think Will Brody eventually is going to have to to go. But like Harmy mentioned, if you're just sidewaysing him to another one of these blanket forwards, so someone that you're not 100% sure is going to be that top six forward, then I think it is just a little bit of a wasted trade at this point in time because I don't think Brody's going to put up those scores that are going to hurt you. But in saying that, 
he it probably is getting almost to the point of where you trade him out. He's he's been that mid priced option that has put up magnificent scores for us and and scored in line with the the top six forwards. But at the end of the day, it it was always the plan to get him up to that premium. So as long as you are going up to a premium, I'm I'm more than happy with that. I will I just will just touch on Sean Darcy just quickly because. I still love him. I, I think he's going to be a serious option and he's one of those players that does have the ability to get you know some confidence in the back half of the season and, and really roll home. So two weeks ago, he had that 45 and it, it did come out during the week. He, he was on the radio and he said that he was crook and that's why Lloyd Meek played. So, you know, a lesser player would have, wouldn't have played that week, but he decided to get up and, and play and he had that 45, so clearly it wasn't wasn't great. And then he backed it up with a 79. So unfortunately, it's been two two rough scores. But having a bye, coming back, he's got Carlton first up. So a Sam, De- oh, not a Sam DeConing, sorry, a Tom DeConing um, and Jack Silvani ruck combo. So you would think he'd be quite dominant there. And and personally, I think he can he can put numbers up in line with being your R two for the back half of the season. As as hard as it's been to stomach those last two scores. Just on Brody, having a look at his um, score. So, yeah, I think that there is going to be competition in that Freo midfield and he may lose out, but it, we're not seeing it just yet. He got 86 on the weekend. Week before that, he got 82. Week before that, he got 83. So that's far from my worst player um, in, you know, in my team. So, I mean, I've got Zach Butters in the forward line. Far out. <laughs> All right, uh, the next question, Mark. Evening, chaps. I own the Brayshaw brothers. Well, good good picks there. Do you think it will continue to be smooth, a smooth run like the Chemical brothers or will it end in tears like the Menendez brothers? Jesus, uh, going dark there for Mark, but surely they're both fantastic options for the rest of the way home. Harmy, and I mean, I was a bit worried about Gussie with uh, Salem involved, but like I said, um, that third quarter on the weekend uh, alleviated my doubts quite significantly. Yeah, lucky you, Mark. Um, You've nailed (laughs) it. Jeez, those two guys have been killing it. And every time I see um, Andrew Brayshaw putting up those monster scores, um, I'm pretty jealous being a non-owner and somebody that was super keen on him in the pre-season and then didn't start with him, and then I haven't been able to get him in the whole time. So, yeah, look, you're not trading those two guys out at the moment. Um, With Andy Brayshaw, I feel like they're with Salem back now. Um, His role role down that back line has been awesome, and it it may sort of not be there full-time going forward, but until you see a change, you've got to stick with it. Those two are going off. Now, this is a player that has been mentioned a lot in our questions, but um, Himmelberg, 160-odd. I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about him in this in this podcast. I mentioned him a little bit at the top, but absolutely killing it in that new defensive role. He's gone, I think, at 74, 101, and 161 or whatever he scored on the weekend. Harmy, do you like him as an option? We've got people asking here, is 90... And a 90 average too little to expect of him? How high do you think he can go? And is he a guy that you're looking at to be that next Darcy Cameron that's going to really make some money for us and, and be a solid player for us? I wouldn't expect him to average over 90 from here on, but I still reckon he's a very good option to bring in because um, even if you held him for three weeks and then his role changes or whatever, he's probably going to make $100,000 for you. Um 
and this week um, is a little bit less risk because we're still in the buys. So he is an option. Six hundred thousand. Um, I watched that game and he had. He, I think he took every kick in. And when he got it, they love it in his hands because he um, is such a long kick. It's getting to um, the wing uh, every time. So. Um, yeah, he, look, he's an option still. It depends on where your team's at. I mean, for, for me, who is looking at bringing him in as my weakest player, um, yeah, it's not too bad. But if I already had a completed team and I'm in the in or near the top 100, um, then I'll probably be very reluctant to do it. Um, but I'm sort of hoping that he's somebody that I can get on and um, be a point of difference from those top 500 guys and um, come up a little bit. So, yeah, he's an option. I'm, he's one that I'm looking at, and he's sort of, I guess, at the moment in my trade plans. I wouldn't say he's um, he's definitely in there, but I'm certainly looking at it. We do like points of difference here. Holmesy, are you on board Himmelberg as well? Uh, I think his price is a little bit too awkward now, personally for myself. I think if anyone was able to do it last week, don't, I mean, forget the 160, like that was just out of the box. But if you managed to do it last week, that was probably the time to do it. The fact that he's 600K now, it, it in my opinion, makes it a little bit awkward, but I can, I can definitely understand why you, would, why you would think about doing it. Personally, I think he's going to be an 80, 85 averaging player. It's, he's just in the role for the first time and he's had some very soft matchups to, to begin. So, Harmy's right. I don't think he's going to be 90 plus and... If he does go 80, 85, then you're right. You're probably going to make probably close to 100K over the next two weeks, but then he's just another player that you have to trade out. And if you've already got a Zach Butters, a Jordan Degoe, a Heaney, any one of these players on your field that, you know, you've got plans to trade, all it takes is, you know, an injury or two to any of your premiums and you end up stuck with these players longer than longer than you need to. So that's where the risk is attached. Dossie, I'll just throw a couple of scores at it, having a look at his um, year. Round four, 27. Round three, 47. Round five, 49. Now, I would say that they were all um, in the forward line where he didn't kick many goals in those weeks, but there's still a risk there. Yeah, so it's only in his last three games when McVeigh took over, they immediately put him in defence and that it was it was a clear change. And he's actually taking kick-ins too. So he took more than Isaac coming on the weekend. So he's still there. He's their number one kick-in guy as well. And he, and he runs out all the time and does those long bombs as well. So... Yeah, I think there's I think there's not a heap of risk of those incredibly low scores that we saw as him up in the forward line though, um, Harmy, because he'll he'll just stay at the sort of full back defensive line that he's at at the moment. Um, okay, let's move on to the next question. Brad, choose two to offload, Holmesy, Dugowie, Sarong, Brody, Dacos. Regardless, here all rookies are off the field. Uh, I would look. Uh, did you say Butters first? Uh, is that was that the first? Oh, Dugowie. Sorry, yeah. Dugowie, Sarong, Brody. Yeah, Dacos, I think Dugowie yeah. goes first. He's been very underwhelming. He has a fantastic role, that midfield role that we we love from our fantasy players. But uh, he he's playing that dusty pure role where he starts in the centre bounces and then pretty much rolls straight forward. And with Collingwood playing that run and gun style that they are this year, and it's very reminiscent of the ri- Richmond days and, and they weren't high fantasy scores. So although he's playing some very, very good football, he's he's not putting up numbers anywhere near the top six. So I'm more than happy for him to go. And then out of those, probably 
I would go Sarong purely because he's a midfield only and he you're able to get him up to an absolute gun midfielder and and really put some serious points on the board. And if we've got those issues for Will Brody with uh, the Frio midfield mix and, and a more of a lion share, then the same issues have to be said for Sarong as well. And if he starts doing some more jobs in the midfield to allow Fife to hunt the ball, then that could um, reduce his scoring a little bit. Yeah, I think Sarong's he's done his job for you. Um, he's that stepping stone, stepping stone who's uh, who's you know seven hundred eighty-two thousand now, and it's not not much more to get to a you know well it's same price as Merritt and the same price as Bont pretty well. You can get to a Walsh, you can get to a um, you can get to even the top end guys like a Jelly. Um, not not too much money. All right, now final question here from Robbo. Okay, he's talking about the Gorn Zorko injuries. Uh, he's got a bit of a different question, though. He says here, 20 playing before trades. Far out. That's a good week for this week, I'd say. Um, still rocking Sam Berry as M8 this week, as his other and his other rookie is Ware at D6. So, A, does he upgrade Berry to an Uber Primo mid, or B, find cash to upgrade um an approximately 300k rookie to my D6. What do you reckon there, Harmy? He, he says, Barry's run looks all right. He's going at 82 in his last five. Um, so, obviously, he's a little bit happy with Barry, but what do you think, Harmy? Oh, I reckon he's got to go. Sam Barry, I mean, you're coming out of the buys. You want to be um, having these big mids that are going to hit really ceiling scores, and I don't think he's one. He's a bit over 600,000, so... Um, yeah, I think that that's what I'd be looking to do. Yeah, if you can get to an Uber Primo, that's the way to go by the sounds. Right, 600,000, I mean, it's not that far off, is it? I mean, it's, it's under 200,000. You could ditch out, um, like, oh, geez, I don't know. If you still have Sam Hayes, you could ditch him to Tickle, take your 220,000 or whatever, put it on Barry, and you've got a really good midfielder. Perfect. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Harmy. It's been, been a pleasure, mate. We've... Got through a lot of questions, um, and yeah, appreciate your thoughts. You got any final closing thoughts for round fourteen? How's your actual team? Are you, are you looking to get a fair few numbers on field this week? Because I think I'm in dire straits this week, to be honest. No, I'm the opposite, mate. I'm actually going to have quite a few on field this week, which will be good. And I sort of got, um, oh, I got like uh, Mills, Miller, McRae. Like I got quite a few coming back in. Uh, Dunkley, English, as I sort of said. So. I'm not too bad, just a bit annoying that we had the Gorn and Zorko um, injuries um, that have come through, which means that I sort of don't really get to get those upgrades that I was hoping for, but that's all right. I'll work through it and see who we got. Um, yeah, I'm sort of I'm targeting Bont, I suppose. I do like him. Um, and, yeah, I still like Merritt. Um, so still chasing around those value guys that we spoke about earlier. Beautiful. Where was your rank again? Do we do we mention that? I can't remember if we. Talked. Yeah, uh, let's have a look. Oh uh, yeah, one four seven four. So I lost ground again last week, but um, yeah, I've, I've only had sort of two really bad weeks, and I think I lost a thousand spots each time. And I'm sort of in in between. I've had to sort of try and creep creeping up. But the week before that, Dossie. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, the week before that. So the round twelve buyer scored one nine five nine, which is two hundred and fifty four for the week. So 
Well, yeah, well, not too bad. Mate, that's some uh, that's some roach like behaviour. You're you're an honorary roach, I'd say, uh, Harmy. So congratulations, welcome to the club, mate. Uh, Holmesy, any Thanks, any mate. closing <laughs> thoughts, Holmesy? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, just with the main aim of get as many players on the field you can this week, but don't ruin your team to do it. So, just a quick example for my team: I have too many forwards this week in terms of I've got eight playing and only I can only get six on field. So. I'm likely going to do some DPP to get some players around, but I just need to make sure that um, my team is going to be all right next week and I don't put players in positions that will then make me have nine midfielders next week or an example like that. So just make sure that you're you're carefully paying attention to where your players end up so that uh, you, you're fully stocked to come out of the buys with your team in good shape and, and ready to attack the back half. Right, mate. Thanks for joining us, lads. To infinity and beyond. I hate you. Infinity and beyond!